Okay, welcome to the Dynasty Saturday Night Five. We are we are live again, back together, the dynamic duo or something like that, <laughs> uh, to uh, dynamic dynasty duo, uh, doing our thing here on a Saturday night, hanging out with folks. Uh, I'm Brian Ford here with my co-host Josh Walker. Josh, how you doing? Doing good. I'm ready for the holidays. December is one of my favorite months. It's my birthday month, so I try and stretch oh. it out more than just a week. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to have a birthday month, you know, Let's just do the whole, yeah. the whole thing, like, yeah, down, and the playoffs and, are yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, now, are you, you're going to, I know the answer to this question, but <laughs> um, people think I'm weird. Um, are you someone who, like, pays attention to, like, the NFL playoffs, even if, like, there's no fantasy implications? I, I do a little bit, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not. I'm not as into it, but I still do the DFS and stuff. Mm. So I try and always do something that keeps me interested in it. If I didn't do the DFS, I, I'd still watch it. But I, if I had other things going on, I would just pick the other thing. So All right. I was expecting a very different answer. Like, of course, I effing do. What do you What do you think, weirdo? Because uh, I, I like basically once the fantasy playoffs are all around, like, like football kind of yeah. doesn't exist to me. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. I mean, I pay enough attention to know if somebody's, you know, shatters their femur and stuff like that, but like, you know, yeah. I, don't care. I think it's also just the time of year it is. There's, you know, college football, there's other stuff going on, you know, it's a holidays, yeah. new year. So. Oh, Gator already with the, uh, with the digs. <laughs> we knew you were weird, uh, but we love is weird though. Yeah. Yeah. Two minutes uh, in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think, I think he means, uh, out of love. We love Gator Absolutely. Gator. Gator loves us. So please subscribe, rate, uh, and review. And if you're watching here on the YouTube, please make sure to like the video and subscribe to the uh, Going For Two Live YouTube channel. So Dynasty, Saturday Night Five, we do lists of five about Dynasty, kind of as a way to have a a Dynasty conversation uh, for that week. And then, uh, you know, kind of put a bow on it and uh, and send you off. This is going to be our last episode for a little bit we're going to take a break for the fantasy playoffs uh and then come back strong uh and um you know get get into some uh, some rookie content that's gonna that's gonna be fun i yep. think for sure i don't really start my like process process until probably like between christmas and new year's you know yeah. like during during bowl season so um you know uh i'll get do a little more digging you know, I mean, I can talk shop about it now and sound like I know what the hell I'm doing, but like, yeah, I want to really know what the hell. Yeah, I'm yeah, I feel like doing it a little too early. You end up just having to change and redo about everything you did based on combine, you know, bowl games, all that stuff. I, I felt I felt bad too because a lot of people put out like a rookie mock like a couple days before Butte said he's going back to school. I was like, ah, you know. Oh, see, I didn't yeah. even catch he was. That's how little yeah. I've really been paying attention yeah. to rookies right now. Yeah, so. It'll probably benefit him. So what we're gonna do uh, tonight is kind of like a a smorgasbord. I don't know the the millennials. Uh, I think y'all do charcuterie now because you grew <laughs> up on Lunchables. But uh, we're gonna kind of do like a, a mixed bag of 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 our thoughts, kind of as the fantasy regular season is is ending. Uh, you know, some things to look forward to, some tips, uh, and and that sort of thing. So. Um, why don't you uh, uh, start us off, Josh? What's your first uh, thought for the end of the fantasy regular season? Yeah, so I'm going to start with kind of knowing your team, knowing your situation you're in, and knowing when to fold or when you need to make a push. Um, and, like, if you are still in the money and you even have a chance of making the playoffs, don't be afraid to trade away assets if it, you think it's going to really help you and you don't think it's going to uh, – help your team later down the road. Like, and then also like I target guys who are more popular than they should be to try and move. If they're on your team, like Damian Pierce, George Pickens, Gabe Davis, even Deshaun Watson. Uh, if you have other good quarterbacks, I'd be looking to trade any of those while people hmm. still like them a lot. 
Yeah. And try and get what you can to help your team win because I don't really see those guys giving you enough this year to really uh, help make a push. And I think you could probably trade it off to someone for something that could help you win now a little more. And then also just know when your team's older, know when it's time to throw in the towel. You can get a jump on, on it before a lot of people and get a lot of picks while other people are still trying to see if they're going to make the playoffs or not. Right on. Um, yeah, I think that that's I, – I, I wanted to bring up trade deadlines as we were talking about this, and, that, and that's a good time to bring it up. So mm-hmm. a lot of the leagues I play in don't have deadlines, right? So And some of the ones I play in – the deadlines this week. So like it's still trade season for, for me in a lot of places. It's not always true uh, uh, for some folks, but it's also things to think about, you know, too, as you, as you move through into the, into the off season about, you know, shedding guys that, um, you know, might still have a uh, name value or, or might, uh, might be at that age cusp to try to get out mm-hmm. before, uh, before it's too late. You know? Uh, so my first one is, is kind of uh, related to that. I'm going to do kind of like a, a menu of tips for non-contenders, right? So it's the playoffs are coming up, and hopefully your um, your league doesn't have one of those things where like the consolation bracket matters much, you know? Because one of the, one of the one of the wrinkles, one of one of the the fun things about you know purposely getting worse <laughs> so you can amass draft capital and stuff is that you don't have to pay attention too much to the yep. to the. And, have, and then all of a sudden want to be better and get the consolation bracket one. So, but that doesn't mean that you're going to check out from things. It doesn't mean that you're going to detach from real football, from fantasy, from what's going on in your league. So if you can still make trades this week or, or through the playoffs, um, stand your ground, right? Um, those, those, uh, those contenders need you more than you need them in a lot of cases, but also – Know when to, you know, uh, to quit, right? You know, okay. uh, take take a third for Jamal Williams. Like, yep. get him off your roster. Like, you know, yep. like, you know, it's hard to balance sometimes to know when to make that call. And the urgency of a deadline or the urgency of the playoffs can motivate maybe contenders to make the move. But but they're also going to tell you, okay, fine. You know, let, let Corderell Patterson, you know, stay on your roster, right? You, you, you want to, you want to, you know, don't always try to be a shark just because you think you have to, right? Make the move that improves your team, prioritize getting age and points off the roster, keeping you fluid by uh, amassing picks that will gain value, et cetera, et cetera, right? Also, uh, stay active on waivers. I know, especially in redraft, it's kind of like frowned upon for uh, people who are out of it to make waivers, and, and, I, and I get that. Right. But this is dynasty. It's different. Uh, right. Um, you know, waivers are thin, but some moves can can still be made there. There's potential out there. Identify guys that might be tradable, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, during during uh, uh, the playoffs, you know, that might have uh, an injury or, or something, you know, uh, uh, like an injury opportunity, uh, that sort of thing. Or someone who you think, you know, stash them away because. They might gain value in the offseason and then therefore become more tradable. Um, and then uh, I would say dump marginal pieces that are hanging around. You know, like if you ha- had because, you know, it was like whatever. I got a non-contender roster. It's a little dusty. I'm not maybe maintaining it as well as 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 I as I might. You might have Mike Davis kicking around there still. You know what? <laughs> Drop Mike Davis. In fact, he just got waived anyway. Right. So. So that would be that would be one one other tip, and then and then a, and finally, you know, get an earlier start on your rookie research, right? You you have a perk now where you don't have to set lineups, you don't have to have the the pressure of sweating the playoffs, you know. Go go start digging, go start doing some some rookie research. Um, Gator is saying don't sell for for pennies, get the full dollar. I'm not I, I'm not saying sell for pennies, but I'm saying you don't always get the full dollar. This time of year, I'm saying be willing to take 75 cents on the dollar to get Jamal Williams off your roster, right? Like, which might be only a quarter next year worth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, one point I did want to make about the rookies: if you're if you're trading all your pieces for draft capital, it would only benefit you to go ahead and get a jump start on that. That way, you don't have all these rookie picks, and you 
you know, might not have as much due diligence as you could have. And then you have a bad rookie draft and you're just, you know, you're kind of stuck again with rookies who aren't contributing or probably won't play for another year or two. And you just keep putting yourself back a little further. So, yeah. And that kind of research too can also have you develop some sort of loose trade strategy, you know, mm-hmm. go, going into it. Right. Yep. You know, if knowing where you think folks might fall or knowing where you think value is, will kind of, you know, dictate what you do with when you, when you trade during the, the rookie draft. So for example, like I don't think Anthony Richardson or Will Levis are worth, you know, first NFL first round draft capital, right? But if they get it, that's awesome for me because mm-hmm. now there's four first round quarterbacks, NFL first round quarterbacks, in my rookie draft first round, right? So now my 106 just got more valuable, right? And now you know, I don't know, uh, a JSN or somebody slips down to you know 107, 108, right? You know, now I'm getting maybe Sean Tucker at 111 or 112, right? So, you know, it, it things get spicy, you know, with that. So, so that's, uh, so that's, you know, that's, you, you need to get a, get a head start on, on research. So what's your next uh, thought as we wrap up the season? Um, this next one's going to kind of jump around a little bit. And this is also, if anyone is listening that does redraft, it's also very uh, applicable to redraft. It's basically just try and find out who's this year's league winner down the stretch, kind of like last year Rashad Penny was, uh, you know, guys that had him on their team did very well in the playoffs, you know, helped boost their team up a lot when he didn't give anything the rest of the year. Um, and just two people off the top of my head that you could have picked up off of IR who've been injured, Jamison Williams, uh, J.K. Dobbins is coming back, and also Hollywood Brown. Those are three guys who just popped into my head right away that could really boost your team up. That might have – you might have either stowed away or traded for while they were hurt. That could really mm-hmm. boost you. Um Second one's handcuff running backs, whether it's going out and trading for a handcuff for one of your running backs or trying to pick one up off the wire if you're in like a 10 team league and it's a little shot or a little more like people in the player pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those are uh, Jalen Warren and uh, Benny Snell. Both of them have shown that if Najee doesn't play, they can be useful. Uh, J Rob and Bam Knight. Bam Knight's already stepped in, he's done pretty well. P Ryan is one. And then uh, Hasey. I had Henderson written down earlier in the week and last week that he got cut. So not him, but Jamichael Hasey is a pretty good pickup if ETN goes down. Wait, the Jags cut Henderson? I thought I saw on Twitter that Daryl Henderson got cut. He got cut from the Rams and then the Jags picked him up, no? Maybe. I don't know. I I, I thought. It could have been. it. So either way, he was an option. And then people who get like a quarterback change, like the Jets wide receivers – Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, they haven't really done much all year, but they could really, with Mike White or even Joe Flacco, really uh, give you a nice boost at the end. Yeah, uh, the uh, the plays, number of offensive plays that the Jets run with Mike White as compared to what they were running with Zach Wilson is is, is significantly higher, right? And, and we know that Elijah Moore, his nemesis was Zach Wilson, right? So, yep. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, all right. I guess my next one is be careful with running backs. Now, of course, it's dynasty. We always say be careful with running backs, but um, I've kind of been on this, you know, idea, this narrative for like weeks, and people are probably tired of, of hearing about it who who have been chatting with me in various places. But you know, we have guys rising that we like or that I like. You know. Um, you know, Rashad White, Tony Pollard, you know, Pacheco has kind of proven that, you know, at least he's more useful than CEH at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, Damian Pierce, I think, surprised some people with uh, with how well he's done. Um, you know, Brian Robinson, you know, Gibson might be the more dynamic player, but Robinson's getting, you know, the more opportunities and that sort of thing. Right? But be careful, right? We have a big, deep free agent class of running backs in 2023, right? We also have several running backs who have outs in their contract after this year. And we have several big name running backs who can save their team's money if they're cut or traded uh, this offseason, right? Uh, Throw in that we have 
what people are saying is a pretty good rookie class of running backs, right? Now, what you have now is a giant buyer's market for running backs, right? I think Jacobs, Saquon, maybe one other dude, they'll get, they'll get bank, they'll get paid. The rest, though, we could see guys um, go unsigned for longer. We could see them take shorter, cheaper deals. We could see people end up with very different roles than they have now. I mean, the NFL already is changing how they deploy running back and increasing sort of the committee uh, type structure. You know, you, you might you might see that even more um, uh, moving in into into next year. You know, take a guy like Damian Pierce, right? Um, you know, I didn't like him much as a prospect. Some people did. I know Gator's going to be wrong. Uh, I mean, going to be uh, uh, mad, right, uh, <laughs> at that. But which he's wrong anyway for being mad at it. So I guess I didn't make a mistake. And, you know, uh, he's he surprised people, uh, right? But now what you're looking at is uh, a day three running back, right, who's going to inherit probably new coaching, right, uh, who now has the deep free agent class, you know, uh, uh, the rookie class, uh, you know, they're going to get a competent quarterback, but, you know, his role could look pretty different. You know, it's it's very possible that he remains sort of a 1A, but they have a, a much better, you know, uh, change of pace and or pass catching option than checks notes, Rex Burkhead and Dare Agumbalale, <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, next year. So, you know, just just things things to look out for uh, as far as, you know, and, and when you're trading, be careful too. You know, oh, Dante Foreman, you know, might be cheap. Well, he's a free agent too, right? And he's the exact type of guy that could end up in a committee. So be yep. careful with running backs. What I would do, if you're a middler, if you're even in the playoffs right now, if you're like 5'6", pretty much if you're not like have a really good chance of getting your buy-in back one way or another – don't get stuck in the middle. I'd move some of these guys like Mixon or Chubb or, you know, uh, even Jacobs or Zeke, Aaron Jones, Kamara, Dalvin Cook. Flip them. Pivot to next year. Right? You're not going to make much noise in the playoffs. So, you know what? Don't get stuck in the middle. Yeah, I like that last point because just to that point, I traded, I've traded this year Chubb, Chubb plus for Brees Hall on a pick. I traded uh, Damian Pearson. The only two leagues I drafted him in the rookie draft before the year even started. Happy with what I got for him while he was still being hyped up. So I think that's really good advice. And it really helped me kind of to my point, realize what I'm doing and just go ahead and start looking to next year and starting to acquire draft picks. So, All right. So what's your last uh, musing as we, uh, as we round out the fantasy regular season? This last one is pretty straightforward. It's just know which defenses to target down the stretch. We've had mm. enough data going forward to realize which defenses are good and bad against certain things. Mm-hmm. So I really just highlighted, uh, you know, the top four or five defenses to target against quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends, wide receivers. Uh, so yeah, defenses like Detroit, Las Vegas. Uh, and yeah, those are the main two I saw almost in almost every category. Those are two you could target no matter yeah. what position mm-hmm. you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you got some like Tennessee, who's really good against running backs, but they're also bad against quarterbacks and wide receivers. I know Particularly we'll perimeter wide receivers, yeah. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. They basically just sh- hope to shut down the run and just hope you don't beat them by the pass. And then with running backs, you got Chicago, Houston, Seattle, uh, Cleveland. Mm. Those are some people who have just been absolutely awful against running backs. Yeah. Um, and then tight ends. I know a lot of people shit on tight ends, but you can get a real advantage, especially if you know which ones to play when. You know, mm-hmm. Arizona's been really bad. Seattle, Miami. The Falcons, of course, have been really bad. Yeah. They're always bad. Um, Minnesota's a pretty good one to pick on with tight ends. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Minnesota's pretty bad across the board also Yeah. outside yeah. of uh, running. They're decent against the run. Uh, but also knowing, like, which stud defense is, like, San Francisco 49ers are top defense, but they're also allowed the 13th most uh, fantasy points to receivers. Mm-hmm. So kind of getting in there, doing the research, you can figure out which ones like not, don't be afraid to try and pass against Buffalo. If you got a receiver, because you know, they're a good defense, but they do allow a decent bit of yards to wide receivers in the pass also. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, uh, that's good. Especially as we think about like what, what the matchups are going to be in playoff season, which we're exactly. about to get to in a second. But, 
uh, Gator, uh, what are our top three go-to songs? Well, that's coming out of nowhere. Um, I don't know. You know, uh, I, I have a, a, I'm hashtag old. Uh, I have an iPod classic in my car with 17,000 songs on it. Uh, so picking three go-to ones is super hard for me. So let me toss it to you. And maybe I can think of a little bit. All right. The easiest way I can do this because my brain like jumps all over the place. So does my music selection based on kind of the mood I'm in. If mm-hmm. I, you know, need to pick me up or if I'm just, you know, so I'll go with my top three genres if that helps. Sure, uh, let's do it. I've always been really into punk, especially going back to like late 90s, 2000s punk, like Gorilla Biscuits, The Descendants, stuff like that. Um, also like 90s and early 2000s hip hop. Jay-Z, Nas, uh, Tribe Called Quest is really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also just I'm really big into heavy rock, melodic hardcore, to be exact, is what my Spotify told me I listened to the most this year. So <laughs> just something if I like, you know, if I'm feeling a little down, just need some energy or something. I like some heavy music also. Yeah. I don't think I use Spot enough enough to get a rap. Uh, I, it, it would just be podcasts if they gave me a rap. Um so I, you know that yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of similar in that regard. So let, uh, first of all, yeah, '90s is golden age hip hop. Like yep. you know, uh, I don't I hate to sound old, right? But a lot of the stuff I hear now, I'm just like, what is this, right? Uh, so um, let's see. I would say you know I'm a huge Fish fan. I've seen them over 200 times, and I'm going to see them another four nights at Madison Square Garden this year between Christmas and New Year's. So let's pick a Fish song. Um, The best three minutes in rock and roll today is a song called Tweezer Reprise, right? They take the the melody of one of their most famous songs, Tweezer, and kind of use it, but like rework uh, the song. And it's a much shorter, punchier version that, that ends a lot of shows. It's like the last song in, in the show, usually when they play it. Um, Let's see. Uh, you know, I didn't think Fish was capable of writing a three-minute song. Well, don't turn this into a. <laughs> I, I will fight you. I will fight you. I will fight you I'll, as to why I'll... as to why that's even valuable to begin with. Um, <laughs> uh, you know. So uh, let's see. You know. Uh, okay, then l- let's just stick with this. You know, I'm a I'm a big Grateful Dead fan, and yeah. uh, you know, um, I think I hate to use a cover as like the go-to song. But if you go to the the version of it's a cover of like an old like Irish ballad or some shit, uh, Peggy O. Uh, if, and if you go to the version they played at, at English Town, New Jersey, when there was like a hundred thousand people there in the seventy, I, it's not seventy two, uh, maybe later than that. Anyway, go go check that out. Uh, and uh, let's throw in the Clash, a song called Clampdown. You know, it's sort of an anti-fascist song and, you know, kind of captures my 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 politics in, in, a, in a quick, punchy song. But actually, I, I love Golden Age hip hop. I'm a huge Frank Sinatra fan uh, yep. and, and I love jazz. John Coltrane. I listen to John Coltrane all day. So, yeah. So, so this this kind of stuff is, is hard for me to um, also an old an old folk song. You ain't done nothing if you ain't been called a red uh, is, is a good one, too. Uh, it's, it's an old, it's an old, it's an old like commie song. Yeah. Okay. About, about like, you know, basically you're not, if no one's called you a communist, you're not doing anything useful, right? Like if you're not scaring <laughs> people, you're not, you haven't done anything cool. Right. No, right. I can resonate with that. Yeah. Uh, one last thing. I used to listen yeah. to ska a lot. I don't know why uh, I don't yeah. anymore, but I do love yeah. ska streetlight manifesto. Any of their songs is good. Okay. All right. Gators on board with the, with the music stuff. Yeah. Um, we had a, we had a, uh, uh, a band in New Jersey here that a lot of people liked in the ska uh, genre it was Inspector Seven, I think it was called. Anyway, I think I've heard of them. Uh, yeah, they were uh, they were really they were really good. Gator uh, traded Damian Pierce for Najee in a second. I'm on board with that. I think um, yeah. there's gonna be a bit of a Najee revival, and uh, plus you get the second, like you know, uh, you know, you you probably that's, spent that's the second a second on. You you spent a second on Pierce, you know, and you're getting it back. Put you know, like I, I yeah, that's an easy one for me. That's that's very good. I, yeah. I like that for you, Gator. Yeah, yeah. All right, 
Uh, so we were we were talking about matchups, which brings us to bonus content for Dynasty Saturday Night Five. But wait, there's more. Uh, and tonight <laughs> it is uh, Week 17, right? Which is of course Championship Week, right? Now, in order to play in the championship, you got to get to a championship, right? So weeks 15 and 16 matchups matter a whole lot. Uh, but we didn't want to you know, bog you down with three weeks of, you know, uh, you know, going through the NFL schedule <laughs> and be very boring uh, for folks. So we're looking at uh, championship week, the good and the bad. You want to go back and forth? You want to do good than bad? What do you want to do? Uh, let's just, yeah, we'll, we'll do one of each. That way we don't get just caught up on. Also, uh, week 17 is good if you're not in first place, but you're in, say, third or fourth, just trying to get your money back. So, you know, a lot of leagues do allow you third or fourth to at least make just a little bit of money or at least get your money back. And that's at least my goal is to get my money back. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. All right. Let's start with the good. Uh, the Dallas pass catchers and Dak at a pass funnel defense. Uh, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, that's, that's uh, like I said earlier, Tennessee's really, really bad against receivers, uh, especially outside ones. So that'll definitely help CD Lamb. Michael Gallup, even Noah Brown. Uh, they're decent against tight ends, so I'm not as looking at that. But there are third and fantasy points allowed to quarterback and first in wide receivers. And it's really not even that close in wide receivers. So I'll definitely be a good matchup for CD, CD Lamb. And let's do the flip side of that while we're at it on the bad side. Uh, I mean, if you're relying on Ryan Tannehill in week 17, God bless you. Uh, you know, but if you've got Tanny or some of the uh, Titans' weapons, you're going up against the Dallas defense with its pass rush and its propensity for turnovers. So, you know, yeah, there'll be a negative game script. So, you know, but you know, like, I don't know. So, like, if you have Burks or you know Westbrook Akine or or my boy Chig, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, it, it it might be a tough matchup for them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just goes to show how good Dan Quinn is. You know, I was pretty happy with him as a Falcons coach, and he did better than I thought he would, but he's damn good as a defensive coordinator. He's really got them uh, playing well. It's, I hate that they're so good because I hate the Cowboys, but yeah, I'm definitely avoiding them if I can down the stretch. All right. So let's go to another positive. 49ers weapons, of which there are many. Although we don't know what the quarterback situation is is, is looking like, uh, Yuso Purdy might still be there. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to sign somebody off. The, I mean, I don't know if Josh Johnson that they signed off the street is going to you know is going to be doing anything. But you know, it, you know, Shanahan can scheme for Purdy and you know uh, get you know guys like uh, you know get some layup throws. You know, to you know short passes to CMC or Debo or you know whatever uh, Kittle. Right. So uh, they're facing a very bad, uh, although on the road, Las Vegas Raiders defense that is uh, loves to give up big games uh, to quarterbacks. Yeah, they love to blow leads. They love to give up a ton of points. And, you know, I think it'd be if it were me, I'd stick with Mark Purdy instead of bringing in somebody trying to teach him a whole new playbook. Uh, but it shouldn't be too hard to. With, given their weapons, the way McCaffrey can run and pass and Debo can run and – or not run and pass, run and catch catch passes. And Debo can do the same. I don't think it should be too hard to get some screens, you know, some uh, nifty little runs, shovel passes, easy stuff like that to get them in the game, some screen passes. And yeah. So, um, speaking of 49ers quarterbacks, uh, I made a trade, sent a contender, Goff. I got back Jimmy G in a second, 23 seconds. I mean, Goff's value is right around a 23 second anyway. I would say uh, a little yeah. more. Some people say it is. And then I got Jimmy G, and maybe he's a starter somewhere next year, you know? Like, And then all of a sudden, I can trade him too. So I like it. No, yeah, especially the second getting thrown in. That's that's really nice. All right. Uh, so now we're going to go to bad. Uh, let's see here. Let's do the flip side of that game. Las Vegas Raiders are home, but they face a San Francisco defense that is very good with Bosa back. Um, and you know, gets gets pressure is pretty good against the run. So I think I mean Adams finds a way to always eat no matter what. You know what I yeah. mean? Like because he's just such a target hog. But uh, Jacobs and Carr, week seventeen. Yeah, 
I definitely Adams is matchup proof. You know, he's one of those five, six, maybe seven receivers that you keep in there no matter who they're playing because they're still going to get their targets and receptions. Um, but yeah, San Francisco is absolutely dominant against running backs, especially in the yards per carry and just handing the ball off and tight end. Uh, but they are susceptible to uh, to give up fantasy points against receivers. So Adams, maybe even depending on the situation, Matt Collins, because I don't think they're going to be ahead. I think they're going to have to pass a lot because I do think it will be easy for San Francisco to score given their weapons. So, I, yeah, it's not a good game script for Josh Jacobs, even though he does get passing work. Yeah, very true. Uh, on the good side, maybe, uh, Denver pass catchers <laughs> are at a pass funnel – uh, defense in, in KC, it's Arrowhead. So, you know, um, take it for what it's worth. But this week, that they're home against a pass funnel, right? And I, I don't know, you said here, what, what what did you put in the sheet? I put fading all Denver players outside of Dulcich and Latavius Murray going forward. And if I thought at the start of the year that I said Latavius Murray was going to be the, like a viable option and one of the only ones on a team, you know, I would have thought I was crazy, but... That's where we are. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to say a little caveat to that mm-hmm. without Sutton. I think Judy might have a pretty good week this week. He's, you know, it's, it's, it's possible negative gain script. They throw a little more this week. Yeah. You know, well, first of all, I love, I love Dulcet. He's going to, he's, he's yeah. in a smash spot, but um, you know, I, he could have a pretty good week at only 5,400 in DFS. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, so maybe th- maybe that's true for week 17, too, if Sutton's not back or whatever. So, yeah. Well, the good thing is you get to see this week to see what happens without Sutton. So you can kind of know going forward what to look for and what to expect. What's the extent of his injury? I, I didn't catch what it was. I haven't looked. I can look that up real quick. Well, uh, we jump to the next one. All right. Let's go then to the bad. Um, hmm. How about uh, let's see. Um, Miami, who's been on fire, goes to a cold New England in early January, week 17. I'm expecting lower totals in that game. Yeah, that's. I think so. I think especially because off the top of my head, I don't think a lot of the players for the Dolphins have played in cold weather environments too often. Maybe Tyreek in Kansas City, but I know Tua probably not. You know, Jalen Waddle I know has played in Miami and then also Alabama, so he might. But I definitely do think that's going to help the New England defense because they're more used to that. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to fade them, but just temper expectations. Right. All right. Uh, on the good side. Um... Let's talk about two uh, uh, rush defense uh, opportunities here. Um, Cleveland and Houston have been just terrible rush defenses all year. So if you've got uh, Brian Robinson uh, at, uh, I'm sorry, home against Cleveland or uh, Etienne at Houston, they have uh, fire them up week 17. I mean, you were going to play them anyway, but like, you know, when you're thinking about start sit, when you're thinking about trades you can make during the playoffs because deadlines suck, those are two guys to think about. Yeah, I think I think those are great. Even if you know either of those get hurt, you can pretty much well, those teams are so bad against the run that you can pretty much fire up mediocre to below average NFL running backs, and they're still going to produce fairly well just because how bad they've been against the run. Mm-hmm. And it's just frustrating watching Antonio Gibson. I don't. I think he's hurt right now, but watching Brian Robinson start over him still bugs me a little bit. I do like Robinson, but it's still frustrating. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, like I said before, I think Gibson is is the more dynamic player. Um, I think I think people are hating on Robinson a little too much, but mm-hmm. it is it is interesting the way they're they're deploying them. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people think that Ron Rivera won't be there next year, so you know, uh, he should he shouldn't be. Uh, let's, so let's go to the bad, um, Lamar Jackson, who has been kind of meh this year, uh, relative to, you know, sometimes we've seen him before, um, no Bateman still all year, right? He's out for the season and he'll be, uh, he'll be, he'll be in home, but he'll be facing the, uh, the Pittsburgh pass rush with TJ Watt. Yeah, the only I think the only chance for upside in that game is Lamar rushing. You know, they might not contain the pocket, might over pursue, and he can take off. But even when he's rushed well, he's not. I don't think it's his fault as much as 
uh, Greg Roman, play calling, all that stuff. It's not really giving them good opportunities to make plays throwing without throwing to Mark Andrews or taking a big shot. So I think that needs to change. But given his rushing upside, he can always do better. But it's not – I'm definitely – I have a few IDP leagues. I'm definitely in TJ Watt those games, hmm. especially with Ryan right. Stanley out now. Hey, Kyle Senra checking in. Always uh, appreciative of Kyle, part of the Going for Two family, uh, on several of our, our podcasts and his own um, that he does outside of Going for Two. At uh, Senra says on Twitter, thanks for thanks for popping in. Um, let's go back to the good. Um, let's see here. Uh, we talked about picking up on Detroit. Uh, Detroit home games, huge point totals relative to their their road games. Chicago goes at Detroit week 17. Um, Fields, mm, Komet, Mooney, you know, they're not, they don't have huge ceilings, but if there's going to be a ceiling week, Detroit's, I mean, Fields has a huge ceiling, but like, you know, uh, you know, if there's going to be a ceiling week, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be against Detroit. Yeah, and and on that point, with Justin Fields playing, like uh, barring that he doesn't get hurt again or they don't sit him, Detroit is by far the worst team against running quarterbacks. They've allowed 532 rushing yards, and the second is 420, and then after that it goes down to 340. So they're really bad against rushing quarterbacks, and that's Fields' main part of his game while he doesn't have any weapons to throw to really. So, yeah, that's a smash spot for Justin Fields and even Montgomery – and commit. That's about it. Maybe Mooney, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back to the bad. We talked about um, Cleveland, uh, Washington, as far as being good for Brian Robinson. Uh, Cleveland at Washington. Chubb is Chubb, right? He breaks off big runs, but Washington has a pretty good defense. I mean, we don't know what Watson's going to look like by then, but not a great team to be going up against in a championship week. Yeah, I I think it was last week I played Chubb in DFS. He only got eight points. So games where he yeah. doesn't break long runs, he doesn't get in the end zone and they get behind. He's, I mean, he's yeah. still valuable, but it's definitely not as good as when they're a close game or they're ahead and they can just run the ball down people's throat. And Washington was bad to start the year on defense, but they've really improved and they haven't even gotten Chase Young back yet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've definitely come around. And bonus content, they don't have a very good offensive line, so Miles mm-hmm. Garrett and company could feast. Um, so if you're rolling out Taylor Heineke and your super flex uh, week 17, <laughs> God, God bless you for getting to the finals with that, with him on your, you know, as your as your QB2. Hey, I have Heineke in my super flex in the team on four and like 17 with the median scoring. So that's the only way, hopefully, you're playing Heineke is if you're just trying to fill the active roster. <laughs> So let's go to uh, the good. I love this game. Buffalo at Kansas City. Oof. And I love that it's not in Buffalo, right? That could be a potential shootout, like uh, week 17. So basically, you know, wheels up on, on everybody on those teams, right? Yeah. Um, my memory could be wrong because I was wrong about Daryl Henderson earlier. But I remember a game like this last year – maybe a year before that, that everyone thought was going to be a blowout. And it was like 17 to 20. Mm, So, I mean, mean, there is the chance that it happens, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, it's a perfect environment for a shootout. You know, you got two, the top two quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion, going with each other, going at it. And, uh, I mean, there's better on defense, but Patrick Mahomes can, he's pretty much matchup proof also. But he's not playing. That's Buffalo and Cincinnati. I thought you said you said Kansas City. No, Buffalo. You did I could have swore you said Kansas City. I don't. Know. Oh, that's even well, better. That's even better than, than either Kansas way. City. Yeah. <laughs> it, the point uh, still yeah. stands. Not the yeah, top yeah. two quarterback, but still top five quarterbacks. So yeah, there's when, a way the game the game it you know gets a little bit of, is a little bit of a dud and hits the under right like you know uh, Cincinnati's got um, pretty good pressure rate you know. Uh, although lately they've been not so great against the run, they overall they've been good against the run this year. Um, you know, Buffalo is not as tough a matchup on defense recently as people think. But you know, again, they're not they're not they're not bad either. 
Um, there's no Von Miller though, so you know, I mean, it's 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 an interesting game, you know, and it could you know it could mean something for playoffs and stuff like that when you get yeah, to that def- point in the I definitely like it being a shootout more with Cincinnati just because. They got better wide receiver weapons. Jamar mm-hmm. Chase, T. Higgins. It's gonna be a lot harder to cover them than you know Kansas City guys. All right, so let's go back to the bad. Um, Olave uh, goes on the road to Philadelphia. Uh, that's a tough matchup for passing. If you're gonna beat Philly, you're you're gonna not that they're bad at, at the run defense, but you're probably gonna try to do it on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tough matchup for championship week. That is, especially with Andy Dalton as the quarterback. I would feel a lot better about it if Jameis were the starter. And I'm just going to go on a small little mini rant about Dennis Allen and the Saints. Well, on one hand, I'm okay with it because I hate the Saints and I want them to lose every game they play. It's terrible <laughs> for fantasy watching Andy Dalton be the starter of an NFL team when they have yeah. like Jameis, who two years ago absolutely like passed for a ton of yards, a lot of touchdowns. You know, interceptions will come with that, but I like that more than fucking Andy Dalton going out there still starting. So, so, so I, as an addendum to your to your mini rant, um, Jameis Winston a, a trade target now that you know his values dipped a little bit. People have a, a worse opinion. Like, hey, the guys can't even start with Andy Dalton in, in his way. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's worth a shot. I mean, don't overpay for it. I think sure. you can get him for basically nothing, but I think it's worth a shot given he does have potential. You know, say what you want about him as a person, but he's shown he can be very good for fantasy. So I would try him, to. Would you move a mid-second for Jameis Winston? No, I, I wouldn't. Not with the 23 class. Maybe a 24. I, I would. But I, I like the second round from the very limited amount of research I've done for the rookies. I think there's going to be a lot of value in the second round. Especially like you said earlier, if those quarterbacks get bumped up to first round draft capital in the real draft. I'd do it. I'd do it. It's it's a quarterback that could potentially be starting next year in a super flex. Mm-hmm. And the the hit rate for a you know a mid second, you know, the, it drops a lot from first to second round. Uh, I I I'd do it. I I'd do it. Yeah. yeah. But you are right. The second round's gonna be gonna be pretty good. Uh yeah. with with, the, with this class for sure. Uh, all right, back to the good. Um, Minnesota on the road, but they catch a bad Green Bay defense, um, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, um, Green Bay, on the other hand, catches the, uh, the pass funnel Minnesota defense. Yeah, so it's basically uh, to me a Christian Watson and Justin Jefferson smash game. Uh, I mean, Justin Jefferson, you're playing him regardless. But, you know, given that the fact that it could be a shootout, it's really good for even Thielen, uh, Hawkinson, and even uh, even Dalvin Cook. I feel like Dalvin Cook's not got a lot of – people aren't talking about him as much this year, and I think he's getting overlooked a lot, but he could be really good also. Yeah, I mean, I his, with the pass-happy offense, his role is, mm-hmm. is, is a little, you know, just not quite what it was, but – you know, there's on any given week he can he can hit ceiling. So, are so, you concerned well, though with Minnesota at, at a cold Green Bay in early January? I mean, it's it's road I, Kirk. You know, it's Kirk Cousins on the yeah. road, right? Yeah. Um, part of me would be. I know Minnesota is a dome after the snow fiasco, but I do like to think that knowing that a cold game's coming up, that they would practice outside, at least try and get acclimated. And Minnesota's the perfect place to do that. Um, so I'm not as worried about it as I am Miami, but it is still something. A uh, team that plays in a dome going to where it could be a couple inches of snow, you know, or below ten degrees with heavy winds, like that definitely is something to keep in mind, especially for the current cousins and Jefferson. Uh, so, uh, quick mini rant um, to get uh, Bills Mafia uh, completely angry at us or at me. It's time to get a dome. Stop yeah. it with the nonsense. Get a dome. In fact, I think anybody north of D.C. should have a dome, but that's a whole other story. Oh, a whole other little mini rent based on domes. I think every – and I go through this every baseball season when there's rainouts and snowouts. It's like, why doesn't every baseball stadium have at least a retractable roof? With the money they spend on stuff nowadays, like, you can afford it. And they're trying to get games in in March and April when it's, like, yeah, cold like, slash rainy in places. Like, No. Yeah, I don't – Retractable roof. You can still, if you want it to be cold, it can be cold. But 
No rainbow. Okay, lakes. I'll compromise with uh, with Buffalo. Retractable roof. Do there it. Yep. Stop it with your I wear no shirt in the snow. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Um, so that was. Uh, let's go back to the bad, so that we'll end on good. Yep. Um, I I don't know the extent of Aaron Donald's injury. Um, that I mean, he should be back by week seventeen, but you know, they there's really no point in rushing him back. But assuming he's back, right? Might be bad news for Justin Herbert and uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah, if he's back, it would be. I, if I were them, I would just let him sit there and make sure he's healthy. Um, but if he comes back, you definitely have to take that in mind. Um, especially because I don't know how much it will hurt their offense since it seems like they just don't throw the ball past 10 yards that much. They either dump it off to Eckler or throw a little quick pass. So maybe they'll just do do that even more just to make sure there's that pressure. But if he's there, it's definitely going to impact the game, especially more for Eckler. And on Cortland Sutton, he's day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Hamstring okay. injuries can linger, so that could be could be back next week, could be out mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. You know, Could be Kadarius, Tony, and Keenan Allen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, okay, Tony. so let's end, on, let's end on a good note, although slightly gross. Um the the uh, the dynamic LA Rams offense gets the run funnel uh, Chargers defense so fire up the revived Cam Akers, uh, but also you know um, the, it'll probably be a low total because the Chargers won't have to push to beat the Rams. But either way, you know the Rams are in shambles, so it's a good matchup for the Chargers. Yeah, this gives me a good chance to plug. Uh... Notre Dame, go Irish. Uh, Kyron Williams would be perfect for that. If they get behind, he can run. He can also catch passes. So him and yeah, Akers both be able to yeah. be in there. And what – Despite the venomous hate I was like, I what better of a narrative – Yeah, you're breaking up and freezing a bit. Yeah, sorry about that. Go ahead. Keep going. It's like what what an awesome narrative it would be for everyone to shit on Cam Akers just for him to come back on a fantasy uh, championship in the playoffs. Ooh, wouldn't that be sweet? Yeah. And as much as I have a lot of hate for yep. for Notre Dame, I am a Kyron guy. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, sure, he's you know whatever the combine numbers weren't good, but I mean, he was a leader on Notre Dame. Uh, intangibles can catch passes, like you know, he's. Not really done much, but like, come on, like it's you know Wolford and Perkins and you know all the sham, you know the shambles that that is the Rams team. So I, I do like him. I I do think people buried him a little too quickly and and uh, somebody to kind of keep an eye out on next next year. But yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Cam Akers, who went from like healthy scratch, trade me, like you know getting two point three yep. yards per carry, is like you know. Goes for uh, goes for uh, eighty three and two tuds against uh, the run funnel Chargers defense and win somebody a championship. Oh, what a story! Yep. I think that would be great. And I, I think I was the only person happy with. I wouldn't say happy because I wanted Kyron Williams to do well, but I saw his combine as a very good chance to get him at a discount because when he was at Notre yep. Dame, he broke long runs. I mean, he's not the fastest guy, but he does have better game speed than he showed in the combine. So. I was going to say – I got him in a the, bunch he, of my know, taxi squads. Yeah, yeah the, the idea of, like, game speed matters more, I think, is something mm-hmm. that applies to, to Kyron Williams. So, yep. all right, folks, that just about does it for us uh, for our uh, pre-playoff musings plus Week 17 bonus content. Um, so, please, uh, subscribe, rate, and review on the Going for Two live uh, podcast audio feed. Uh, please subscribe to the Going for Two live YouTube channel that you might be watching right now. Uh, like all the videos and maybe even turn on those notifications. Um, we're going to take a, a break for the fantasy playoffs and, and come back strong with some rookie content. But for now, time for plugs. Josh, where can we find you and your work? Yeah, you can find me uh, cussing out Arthur Smith on Twitter at Rotonaut, R-O-T-O-N-A-U-T. Uh, only took the whole year to get their rookie quarterback to see what he's done can do. So happy about that. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find all my rankings and stuff on goingfor2.com. 
I'm going to try and update those. I haven't in a few weeks because life got kind of busy, but I'm going to try and do those here this week. So they'll be updated and I'll definitely do it through the off season. So. All right. Gator showing some love in the chat. Great show. Uh, as always, Kyle saying, uh, uh, this week and all season long, guys, great work. We we really do. We really do uh, appreciate that. This was kind of like a new thing, and you know we had never worked together, and we'll just see how it goes. And and, and we've been having fun. Uh, you can catch me uh, on Twitter at ffjunkie underscore my dynasty rankings. I'm going for two dot com. I'll probably write a little bit more uh, on that site in, in the off season uh, as things kind of uh, slow down. Um, that's kind of my been my rhythm over the past couple of years with with writing. Um, and you can find me also on the Dynasty Fever podcast, audio only, drops on Thursdays at Dynasty Fever Pod. You can follow Going for Two and its big family of content, going for two.com website. Plug into that with all the articles about everything that you need DFS, Dynasty, Redraft, uh, hell, other sports. Uh, you know, Kyle uh, with his degenerate uh, uh, Canadian Football League DFS plays. Um, hey, I tell him on- in a few of those once a money. <laughs> I just want to say, I just want to hype him up. Follow him for that okay. stuff. I don't know what the fuck was going on, but I followed him for a few and made a little bit of money. So, hey, right. hey, it's easy money. It, you know, that used to be on like some channel. I forget. Maybe it was ESPN or something. When I was a kid, I used to catch a lot mm-hmm. of like, CFL games for some reason. But anyway, uh, while you're on that website, little purple thing at the bottom right, join the Discord. It's free. It's popping. A lot of stuff uh, going on on our on our Discord. Uh, we also have a podcast for you just about every day of the week. We have the Sunday uh, pregame show, show on Sunday mornings and then a podcast, at least one podcast every night. But special, the holiday spectacular for going for two is going to be on December 21st at 9.30 Eastern, where a lot of your favorite Going For Two personalities will be on a live stream uh, having a, a lot of fun. Um, I've been promised that there will be some drunken debauchery. I, I, I don't know. I don't drink. Um, but uh, yeah. And tonight, one of the, the, the members of the Going For Two family of podcasts, stay tuned on this very same YouTube channel, for a pre-recorded version of Cover Zero, our IDP podcast. Uh, any other Go Irish things you want to say before we land the plane here? I uh, wish I could say that we beat USC, but we didn't. We'll look forward mm. to next year. Be um, Make it back to the playoffs. Mark my words. All right. All right, folks. Remember to enjoy <laughs> the, um, I don't know, uh, the uh, uh, Popeye's chicken uh bowl game between middle tennessee state and uh i don't know (laughs) eastern kentucky it's just making just loads of money on this nonsense two five and seven teams playing each other and we need to get excited about it (laughs) anyway all right uh folks uh that's a wrap uh thanks for watching thanks for listening and um we'll see you after the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, happy holidays.